In most organizations, uh, in most families, in most churches, wherever there is a group of people gathered together, there will eventually be conflict. Right? It's just a part of human relationships. And very often in those groups and in those organizations, the conflict comes from the same person consistently or the same group of people consistently. They just have a way of always stirring things up. You know anybody like this? They just stir up chaos. They stir up mistrust. They, they uh, stir up dissension among the ranks. They, it's, it's their superpower. Right? They just they do it naturally. It, it, they don't have to work at it. They, they just consistently, wherever they are, cause conflict. They don't like any decision that's ever been made that wasn't their decision. Right? They dissent to everything. They, they are critical of everything. This is just who they are. And if this person isn't you in your organization, then they wear you out. Right? They just exhaust you. Just thinking about them this morning drains you of all energy uh, that you had when you came in because they will just absolutely wear you down. They can argue about anything. You, you bring a proposal to the group that you're sure everybody's going to love, and they never love it. They always have a reason why this was a terrible idea. And you walk away thinking, how can anybody not love this? This was like a really simple thing we were trying to do. It is just a gift. Some people create conflict wherever they go. How do you deal with that relational vampire? How do you deal with that person that's always stirring things up, always creating chaos, always creating tension? I have two suggestions. There are others, I'm sure. I think these two, when handled appropriately, are the healthiest responses uh, to conflict. You can certainly go in and blow everything up with them if you want. That's probably not going to end well in the long term. But here are two suggestions, and then we're going to spend the rest of the time talking about these two suggestions. We can respond to conflict either by disarming the conflict or disengaging from the person. Those are our two options. We can try to disarm the situation, kind of have some conflict resolution, let's walk through this together, let's try to figure this out together, or the other option, if that doesn't work, or if for whatever reason that's not an option, the other option is then to step back from the person, to disengage from the person. And I want to, I'll explain why later, but I, I want to spend most of our time talk about, talking about this disarming of the conflict, disarming of the emotion, and then we'll spend just a little bit of time talking about disengaging from the person. How do we go about disarming conflict? Some, some thoughts. Here's the first one. As the person attempting to disarm the conflict, you must be patient. Right? Patience is required. In the conversation with them, you're going to have to be patient. That doesn't mean you don't address it. That doesn't mean you avoid it forever and ever and ever. That just means you realize often conflict resolution doesn't take place in a five-minute conversation. It doesn't take place sometimes in one extended conversation. It is a process, especially with somebody who chronically creates conflict. 
You're not going to change them. You're not going to change their interaction with the organization or with the people around them or with you in one meeting. So you've got to be patient. If you, if you come to this conversation flustered and anxious and we're just going to get this done and we're going to throw all this out on the table, it's probably not going to go well. You have to be patient. This is Proverbs chapter 16. Uh, chapter 16, verse 32. We're going to work through a lot of Proverbs today because they have a lot of practical uh, suggestions when it comes to conflict resolution. Proverbs 16, verse 32. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. We tend to um, look up to the warrior, right? We want somebody to charge in, and we want somebody to take over, and we want somebody who will fix the thing. Like in, in public in general right now, we are drawn to the warriors. They're going to fight for us, and they're going to fight for our thing. And the, the Proverbs writer said thousands of years ago, you know what, it's better to be patient than just like take over and conquer everything. It's better to, to have self-control than to take over the city. And when it comes to addressing conflict, you and I need to be the patient one and not the warrior. The self-controlled one and not the one that's trying to take over the city. Proverbs 15, 18 says, A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Hot-tempered person. You bring emotion. You bring heat. You, you bring time, we've got to fix this right now, we're going to have this out right now. You bring that to a conflict, and you're pouring gas on the conflict. Proverb writer, multiple places, says it's the person who can be patient, it's the person who can slow down, person who can be patient in the conversation, person who can be patient as to the timing of the conversation. When there is a conflict between you and one other person or between certainly between you and a group of people, somebody causes conflict in a group, some of our first reaction as soon as the meeting is over is, I'm walking down to their office, we're going to fix this right now. Right? And maybe there are times when that's the right approach. Maybe there are times when that's the right approach. But often you need space and they need space before you open that conversation back up. All right, let's talk tomorrow. Let's, let's talk this afternoon. I don't have to fix it right now. I can be patient, make sure I'm in the right mental space to be able to have this conversation, make sure some of the emotion that came out in that meeting has died down so that we can have a reasonable conversation. The one who is patient, he writes, calms a quarrel. And not just patience, but kind of generalize this thought be in control of all of your emotions when engaging conflict. Have a good read on where you are emotionally before you bust in the door and start this conversation. You be in control of you. You cannot be in control of the other person. You can give them time to, to, to let whatever happened dissipate a little bit. You, you can control that. You cannot control how they are going to respond, so make sure you are in control of you. Make sure that you are in control of your emotions and your feelings and your anger and your frustration or your embarrassment. Isn't that what charges us up sometimes? Somebody said something that embarrassed us in a meeting, and we're going to fix it. Identify whatever the emotion is that you're feeling 
Get it under control before you open the door to conflict resolution. Now, this is kind of a, a different type of suggestion. In dealing with con people who chronically cause conflict in your mind, or, or maybe in reality, realize that different people have different to tolerance levels for conflict. We're all different. And this is not a right or wrong issue. People have different tolerance levels for the amount of conflict that they can withstand or that they think is healthy. What one person sees as aggressive, another person sees as we're just having a conversation. Like, have you ever been in one of those? Why are you yelling? I'm not yelling. I'm, we're just talking. You've never had that conversation in your marriage, have you? Right? No. What one person sees as, hey, we're working this out, another person sees as you coming after them. Like, calm down. Be. That's not necessarily a right and wrong issue. That's a we're all different issue. Some people love to mix it up. Like, hey, that, that shows that we respect one another. We can have hard conversations. Like we, can, we can raise our voices a little bit even, and that's, that's just because we respect each other. We're, we're going to go at it, and we're, and we're going to talk this thing out for some people. That's not conflict. That's not anger. That's just who they are. This is how they express themselves. And then for other people, they feel like they're getting snow plowed over when that starts to happen. That's, they, they don't see aggression. They don't see confrontation as something positive. They shut down. Right? Some, some of those people are in the room, right? When, whenever the conversation gets the least bit confrontational, they shut down. Right? They're looking for an escape. They're trying to get out of that. Not necessarily a bad thing. Right? Now, there are extremes of these differences that are bad things. The person who always avoids confrontation. The person who always avoids hard conversations. That's not healthy. And we have to talk about things. And the person who always wants to yell and scream. That's not healthy either. Right? We're talking in between those, there are healthy parameters of our personality where some of us like to kind of get in there and have that conversation. And others of us need that conversation to be at the right volume level and the right word. We'll talk about it, but we're not going to get in a yelling match and we're, we're not going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with that other person. This is a part of what it means to care for and love people who are different from you. I, I, care, you enough, I care about you enough to know this about you. That when we have a conversation that may be hard or, or when we have to talk about something that might create conflict or we're on the back end of conflict and we're trying to resolve it, I need to know how you're going to receive that conversation if I care about you. And I need to try to have that conversation with you in a way that you will best receive it. We know the golden rule. Essentially, uh, do as you would have done, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you or, or treat others the way you want them to treat you. And most of the time, most of the time that can mean I like for people to do this for me and so I'm going to do this for them. I like it when somebody treats me this way and so I'm going to treat them that way because that's the way I like it. But there's a piece of the golden rule that sometimes we don't consider and it's this. I like to be treated the way I like to be treated. 
but somebody else may like to be treated differently. And when it comes to this conflict resolution idea, some of us like to go straight to it. And that's fine unless you're dealing and talking with somebody who doesn't. Then the way you honor the golden rule and the way you honor and respect them as a person is to say, I've got to tone me down a little bit so that they'll hear what I'm having to say. I want to treat them out of respect for them as a person, as, as a way to honor their humanity and the way God made them. I want to present this in a way that they will understand, right? If, you, if you're a mix-it-upper, the golden rule doesn't give you a per permission just to be aggressive with everybody because that's the way you like it because not everybody likes it that way. Everybody has a different tolerance level when it comes to conflict. Another thought. Some conflict should just be avoided. Right? Let's, don't leave, let's not leave this out. Some conflict should just be avoided. Some conflict, conflict's not worth it or it's not important. Or do it, does it rise to the level of we need to have a conversation about this? Every little disagreement doesn't need an hour-long conversation. And, and we, we need, in our maturity, we, we need the ability to recognize when it's a bad moment, uh, uh, shouldn't have said that, uh, this happened, but I, I don't think we need to debrief the whole thing. Right? Now, I, I will say this, and one other suggestion I'm going to give you in a minute. I don't think this should necessarily be the default, right? Because those of us who are conflict avoiders, we're so glad I just said what I said, aren't you? You're like, whoo, all of it. I'm avoiding all of it. All right? now, mm, that's not what I'm saying. Like, conflict has to be resolved. It's part of being human. It's part of interacting with other people. If for our relationships to grow and deepen, then we got to talk through misunderstandings. We may have to work through things we disagree over. we got to have good conversation about those things. So I'm not giving you license to avoid all conflict. I'm just saying there is some conflict that doesn't need an hour of conversation. Maybe it doesn't need that email sent. Maybe it doesn't need that sit down. You can just let it. Go. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23 says, Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. Right? Paul, Paul said to Timothy, Look, just don't get involved in some of it. Just don't go there. And he, and he uses sort of provocative words in the English, foolish and stupid arguments. And there are many foolish and stupid arguments floating around today, right? If you've been on... The, the internet anytime the last five minutes there's plenty of foolish and stupid arguments that you should stay out of uh, I, we've said more than once you do not have to show up for every argument that you get invited to right you don't you can just pass there are plenty of foolish and stupid arguments but there are also i would say just unimportant arguments okay i i, I don't mean they're silly or they're stupid they're just they're not important enough for you to really hash them out. You, you could overlook them and just go on, and it would be absolutely fine. If you decide you need to engage, right here, here's a couple more things to think about. Look for what is behind the conflict, because there's almost always something behind the conflict, especially if it's a chronic conflict starter. If it's somebody that consistently, all the time in your office, 
every meeting, right? If, if there's always that one person or those couple of people, there's almost always some emotion or some experience or something in, in their a hurt, a disappointment that is driving that that you may not fully be aware of. This is an issue, I think, of compassion. This is an issue of empathy. Am I willing to think that this person's not doing this just to get on my nerves? Like there may be something going on in their life I don't know about. There may be something that happened long ago. They, their relationship to their parents may have been such that this is how they feel they have to respond now. There may be hurt. There may be embarrassment. There may be anger. What is behind this? And, and if you can see that, then you can begin to see them more as a person and not a conflict, or more of a person and not an irritation, more of a person and not something that you dread. This is a person with real feelings and real hurts, and I need to, if I can, I need to be attuned to that. And that may be a conversation. Where does this come from? What happened? Where are you? What are you thinking? That sort of conversation. There are other issues that can be behind conflict other than just hurt or pain. Proverbs 13 says, where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Where there is strife, where there's conflict, there's often the element of pride. I don't want to be wrong. I think everybody should do it my way. I think I'm always right. Right now, we almost never label ourselves as prideful people, right? This is, C.S. Lewis calls this the, the most difficult sin to pinpoint, right? We confess a lot of sins. We know we're bad at a lot of things. You, you almost never hear somebody say, I'm just really arrogant. That's me. Just, I'm just full of myself, right? It's very difficult to detect this in ourselves, but our, but our pride and our arrogance, it's in there for all of us. And, and for some, that pride, that inability to take advice is what the Proverbs writer says. Our inability to take advice is what's causing us to cause conflict everywhere we go. And, and that, that needs to be a conversation probably. Right? You know, again, I, I don't recommend starting the conversation with you or a really arrogant person. And um, I don't recommend you throw it out there like that, but, but maybe the question of um, you seem to have a difficult time taking anybody else's input. You come to the meeting and you have one right answer. Why, why is that? Where does that come from? Proverb writer says this is a part of what may be behind conflict. Proverbs 22 says an angry person stirs up conflict. And a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Anger. That simmering anger, not, not necessarily the explosive anger, but that simmering anger that's just always below the surface. Maybe there are disappointments in their past they're still angry about. Maybe there are hurts. Maybe there are embarrassments, frustrations. Right? Is that a piece of it? Is that, is that a part of this conversation? Again, at a minimum... 
Asking this sort of question before you try to resolve conflict gives you some compassion, gives you some empathy. It's not them. It may be what's going on inside of them, what has happened to them, trying to figure out what is behind it. Um, often, when there is conflict, you can do all of that, and there still needs to be a conversation. Still needs to be some things that we have to talk about. A couple suggestions for that. One is do all the homework we've already talked about. When it comes to the point of I've got to have a conversation with this person, do all the homework we've talked about. Make sure you're patient. Make sure your emotions are under control. Consider, pray about. Uh, is there something behind uh, what's this conflict that I don't know about? And I would say that's especially true when the conflict is out of character for the person. Like, this is not the person I know you to be, and you absolutely went off the other day. Right? Okay, something's probably going on there. Have enough empathy to ask those questions, do that homework, and then a couple suggestions I would make about the conversation. Stick to the topic. Stick to whatever that that source of conflict, whatever that last moment of conflict was, stay there in the conversation. No one, even the most aggressive person in the world, can handle 50 things that they're doing wrong all at once. You just can't bring that to somebody and dump it on them. You don't want anybody to do that to you. You don't want anybody to bring you a list of your 10 worst traits and cover all of them right down the list in one meeting. All right? When it comes to conflict resolution, even when, especially when this has been a chronic uh, conflict source, because it is easy at that point, because you've avoided it for so long perhaps, or you've been patient, however you want to say it, you've been waiting for the right time, but this has been going on for three years. And it is tempting to reach back to all three years' worth of issues which is not going to help your conversation. Now let's, let's try to narrow in on this is what happened recently. This is what you and I need to talk about. Now, you know as well as I do, there is no guarantee how that conversation will go. You know, I, as the pastor, I want to tell you, look, if you're just sincere and you're compassionate, Anytime you have this conversation, they're just they're going to repent and they're going to hug your neck and they're never going to cause conflict again. You know I'd be lying, right? Because you don't know how that conversation is going to go. You don't know how well received it is going to be. Sometimes just the fact that you are having an open conversation makes them a little nervous because most people who create conflict, they don't do it out in the open. Have you noticed this? They don't do it publicly, they do it behind the scenes. Most chronic conflict causers, they don't do it in the meeting when everybody's there, they do it after the meeting with two or three other people. They don't do it when the leader is present. They do it when the leader leaves the room and there's just a couple of them talking. So just acknowledging this publicly sometimes puts that person on the defensive. That's why you've got to be in control of you, and you've got to be patient, and you've got to do your best to be empathetic towards this person and whatever is causing them to be 
this particular type of person. Um, Another uh, suggestion. Help the person see how their approach, this chronic conflict, help the person see how their approach impacts others in the way it causes others to view them. This is kind of a dangerous one. I hesitate to make this one because there's a fine line in doing what I just said and saying, well, you know, everybody hates you. (laughs) I don't recommend the second one. You know, everybody's talking about it. You know, everybody's frustrated with you. Mm, That typically doesn't work well either. At the same time, the, the person needs at some point to begin to understand this is affecting a lot of people. This is affecting our team. This is affecting our organization. It's beyond you complaining about this, these things all the time. It's, it, it's, this is more than you not liking every decision that's ever made. This is affecting other people around you. It's affecting our church, or this is affecting our organization. This is affecting our office. This is so trying to help them understand, look, this isn't isolated This is a problem for all of us. If the person is you, okay, just taking a chance here. If the person is you, if you you begin to realize I am the chronic conflict person wherever I go, it follows me because I'm it, right? There's a common denominator to the fact that you have conflict at work, at church, in your family, and in your neighborhood. You are the common denominator in all of that conflict. If you you realize, hey, this is me, then first of all, do the the homework of where does this come from? Like, why does this happen? Um, But I want to say to you lovingly and out of compassion, I promise people are avoiding you. I promise there are people who are distancing themselves from you, and I'm not trying to hurt you, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to say, when we consistently cause conflict, there is a relational cost. There is always a relational cost, because even people who want to get close to you find it difficult, because you are always fracturing those relationships. There is a relational cost when we are the ones continually causing conflict. Sometimes there needs to be a conversation. Other times, other times the other option is to disengage. The other option is to realize this relationship's not healthy for me. This person isn't good for me. Every time I'm with them, conflict happens, arguments happen. I need some space. Now, Depending on who the person is, you may not be able to get away from them completely, but you may be able to minimize the time that they can have that impact on your life. There comes a point sometimes, and, and, and maybe you have tried conflict resolution. Maybe you have tried to have a conversation, and it's gone nowhere, and you just realize, I cannot continue to open myself up to all of the emotions that comes with the conflict that this person Brings Now, I'm going to quickly say about that one. Don't let it be your first response. Don't, don't let it be your first response. Proverbs 20, verse 3 says, It is to one's 
honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. And, and I'm going to say honestly, sometimes we have to realize this is an unwise person and I need to distance myself from them. The Bible uses the word fool, but this is an unwise person. They seem to have no interest in changing. I've got to put some distance between myself and then, but don't let disengaging be your first response. I think conflict avoidance and disengaging, which often go together, it's just too easy to do that today. And that's problematic because we don't work through the hard places of relationships. We don't give a chance for a relationship to be restored or for there to be understanding. I take what I think of you based on what I perceive as conflict, and I go live my life thinking that about you for the rest of my life, and that may not be you. With our online existence, it is just too easy to unfriend and walk away and cut people out of our lives. So, so I'm saying, don't let that be your first response to every relationship. Don't, don't get trigger happy when it comes to cutting people out of your life, right? Be patient. Be patient with people. Be patient with yourself. Be, be careful not to label people. We do that a lot now too, right? Well, they're just a this. Well, they're that. Right? They're an idiot. They're crazy. Right? We have all these labels, and we just shove people into a category based on a disagreement, based on a misunderstanding, and we walk away. And this is not the spirit of what we find in the, in the Bible. It's not the spirit of what we find for human relationship, not the spirit of what we find for our, our relationship to God. Don't let that be your first reaction. Here's the reality. Conflict itself is not a reason to end a relationship. Conflict itself just having a disagreement with somebody is not a reason to end a relationship. And here's why. The only person you will never have a disagreement with is probably yourself. Unless you're just going to be friends with you, you're going to have to work through disagreements. And some of us have disagreements with ourselves, don't we? We have that whole conversation of, you shouldn't have. Oh, it was fine. You should have. Some of us are real crazy, right? I'm one of you. Like, I have those conversations in my head where I disagree with myself all the time. If you're going to be in human relationships, you're going to see some things differently. You're going to like different things. You're going to have some different opinions. You, you're going to feel really strongly on different sides of some issues. It's called being human. Call me human. If you don't want that, then get a robot and let that be your friend, which I fear is where we're headed with all of this, right? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to download me into a robot. I'm going to charge it every night, and, and that'll be my friend. If you're going to have real relationships with real humans, you're going to see things differently sometimes. You're going to disagree. And, and I would go so far as to say this. Some of the most rewarding relationships in my life the deepest, most authentic relationships in my life, people who know me the best, are people that we had a really good relationship and we hit a rocky place, but we didn't give up 
and now our relationship is better. It's more honest. It's more authentic. Because we didn't walk away when we had a bad moment or we had a bad season or I said something in anger or they said something in anger or I reacted the wrong way or they reacted the wrong way. We didn't give up. We didn't walk away. We, we kept at it. We, we extended forgiveness, which is another thing about conflict, right? Conflict gives us the opportunity to give and receive forgiveness. And there have been times I've, I've had to say, I am sorry. That was, that was one of the worst moments I can remember for me. I, and, I, and I'm sorry, and I don't have an excuse. And this, I'm not trying to make excuses. That was terrible. And please forgive me. Conflict is the environment, it's the lab where you actually get to have forgiveness and understanding. It's really the only lab. It's the only environment where you get to practice forgiveness. Somebody has to wrong you in order for you to be forgiven. Somebody, you have to wrong somebody in order for you to receive human forgiveness. It is the lab where we get to practice forgiveness. And if we walk away every time we have disagreement and conflict with somebody we will never get to experience that proverbs 19 even says a person's wisdom yields patience there's that patience word again it is to one's glory to overlook an offense what a what a wild verse it's to your glory if you find yourself in conflict with somebody and you're able to forgive and, and you're able to work through it, it's to your glory. That speaks of you. That speaks of the type of person that you are. That speaks to the type of person that they are. That yes, you had real conflict. You had real conflict and you didn't give up on the relationship. You worked through it and now that relationship is at a whole different level because you gave and experienced forgiveness. It's to your glory to be that type of a person. When we were in conflict with God, when we were in conflict with God, He did not walk away from us. When we were in conflict with God, doing everything He disagrees with, He did not cut us off. He came to us. He moved to us in the person of Jesus. We were separated from Him. We, were, we rebelled against Him. Our sin kept us from him and his reaction was not well I'm done with them I mean read the beginning of Genesis he didn't say I'm done with them he immediately said I'm going to reconcile this I'm not going to stop until this is fixed until this is reconciled he sends Jesus and by putting our faith in him we are drawn back into relationship with God forever and ever and ever this is the picture of the gospel and what God did for us you and I now, who are followers of Jesus, the New Testament says we have the ministry of reconciliation too. We should be reconciling people back to God, but as a picture of that, we should be living reconciled lives with one another. There is real conflict, and sometimes it hurts. And yes, I'm allowing for the fact that there are points at which you have to distance yourself from some people. But don't give up on reconciliation because this is what God did for you. This is what God did for me. God, we thank you that when we were in conflict with you, you did not give up on us. You, you did not get angry with us. You, you did not uh, uh, 
cut us off from you. You came to us. You resolved the conflict in the life, death, and resurrection of your son, Jesus. That was your response to our conflict. And so may, may we live that out. It's not easy. It's not fast. God, may, may we live out a spirit of reconciliation to those that we disagree with. God, help us not to be the source of conflict in our, in our world, in our sphere. God, help us to be a minister of peace, a person of reconciliation, a person of grace and mercy. I pray it in Jesus' name, amen.